Hi family, this is Pastor Ricky Rush from the Inspiring Body of Christ Church right here in Dallas, Texas. I'd like to welcome you to join us anytime, every time, anywhere, everywhere on this platform for a unique experience where the Word of God is broken down in a very simple way. It's Reset with Pastor Ricky Rush. And today's message is about to bless you. So let's get ready for an amazing message from God. Father, we thank you tonight. We are here. We are healed. We are here and we are healed. God, there's sickness and death all around us, but we declare and we continue to declare in Jesus' name that we are healed. Thank you, Master, for providing an opportunity to speak to us now through your word. And we thank you, Master, for your grace. Lord, as we come before you right now, we ask you as we prepare to hear, to fill us now, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Help us, God, to receive something that's going to be passed on to someone else. You brought us into this area now, Lord. You brought us into this season. And we just expect you, God, to use us. If we're broken, fix us up. Patch us, heal us, strengthen us. We're declaring it. If we're down, thank you for lifting us and prop us up on every leaning side. Someone, God, right now is preparing for their jobs and preparing for their futures. And someone may be very discouraged. But God, we thank you for you being our source of encouragement. In the name of Jesus, bless this word tonight. Amen. Amen. All right, let's get it on. You may be seated. We have started tonight another night. This is, this is step two of a three-point series that God is blessing us to be a part of today. Before we get started again on yesterday, I had several different kinds of complaints that we, um, inside, <coughs> have somewhat of an echo sound. I want to make sure that we are not... Um, and that generally can come from two things. Sometimes the volume is a little loud. Sometimes the distance between me and the microphone. So those of you that are in, in present with us tonight, thank you. But want to make sure you're comfortable. We understand that we're very clear on internet. But sometimes in the building, we want to make sure that we're always there uh, to help you to understand it. So if it's a point in the message you don't understand, you kind of wave your hand. And, and maybe I can project a little different. We've been in staff meetings all day today. So amen. For our school, getting ready for another school year. And so I've been talking a lot. And in talking, sometimes you have to um, drink a lot of fluids in between, and I don't necessarily always do that. So, how are you doing tonight? All right, how are you doing tonight? I don't want to get so common as to always assume that, that it doesn't matter for us to know how you're doing. Now, everybody, before we move forward, um, we have been. Uh, warned, and we have several uh, cases now where we are recognizing that there is a virus that has been among us. And again, to those of you tonight who felt um, and and honored the thought of coming out to be in service, I appreciate it. So knowing that, we're going to do as we do on Sunday mornings, get right into the Word of God, because we know that's what you came for, and we're going to bless you in that area. All right? Now, I want you to take your right hand and put your thumbs up like this and just turn to somebody just give them a thumbs up. All right. All right. Amen. 
just to let them know that, that your eyes are still good. All right. Now, come on, put the thumbs up one more time. Say, look at me. <laughs> All right, good job. All right. <laughs> there was a man who was crippled and there was a ritual that he went through and this evening as God teaches us this word I want you to take this as personal you're going to hear a story and very briefly as we go into the second phase of this three point lesson you're going to hear how God is breaking it down to you personally I'm always uncomfortable sometimes when I feel like God is going to say something to me that should have been between me and him. And he says it in front of people. That means, guess what? You're not the only one listening. You're not the only one God is speaking to. I pray today that uh, Tori is uh, listening as she's in the hospital uh, going through her successful battle with COVID. And again, I, I ask everyone if possible, please get the vaccine. I understand a lot of different people's uh, different uh, reasons for not. Um, we have the center here. We're ready to test you. We're able to do your test, um, get your test into our laboratories and get the results back to you immediately. And I'm again just asking for that, that, that human side that says we care about every aspect of you. And now as we start to see our younger people being more and more attacked, and of course, um, some have not been vaccinated, believing that, of course, we can exercise our faith in any way we would like to. One of the things I'd like for you to do, though, is exercise your faith in other areas before it comes to death. All right. I mean, seriously, trust God to give, trust God to bring you through a head. Start with something small like a headache and then your own blood pressure. And then, like, lay hands on yourself for a bad attitude. You know, I'm, I'm serious. Um, because if you, if you want to try to exercise your faith over a virus that understands if there's Satan behind it, that you haven't tried God for some forgiveness and for some kindness, uh, it's just a little bit, you know. You know, if you're going to lift weights, at least be able to lift a chair before you go 250 pounds. You can lift a chair pretty much, so, uh, but can you lift a chair with a person in it? Well, you can if it's a small person. So you start by lifting a small person, and then it gives you more confidence. And then as they get larger and larger in weight, you realize you're going to need some help to lift that chair. Amen. So that's what, that's what this faith lesson is all about. So here we go. Now, there was a man that was, he was, he was, he was a crippled man, and he was been crippled from birth and so as he got older things happened in his life tonight today the second part of this series is going to start with Acts the third chapter if you'll stand and we honor the word of God I'm going to read the first through fifth verses uh, okay first through fifth verses and then and then we're going to go into verses 6 and 7, but at the first through fifth verses, I'll just give you the subject if you're ready. And we thank God, honoring the word of God. Take your old Bible to the book of Acts. That's your old paper Bible if you have it. And every once in a while, if you, I know we've got electronic Bibles now, and we have iPads and iPhones. But every once in a while, pull your old one out the house just to, just to be seen with it. You know, you know, just, you know, somebody might ask you, what's that? Oh, that's that's old Bible, you know. 
You just, just flick it like that every once in a while. And if you don't, you know, of course, I appreciate the electronic Bible. It's faster. Uh, it's adjustable. It's, the writing's not so small. You know, and you can put it in your pocket. Instead of, you know, if you put it on your dashboard, it might burn up. But, you know, but, but I love that electronic Bible. But every once in a while, you know, when it's just, it feels good to just have the church to stand up. And this is something I miss in church. I miss this. And, and now I'm getting used to hearing, thrilling, 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 thrilling. Or this, I am not understanding where Acts is. That's Siri. You know, she don't know nothing in the Bible too much, but she'll, she'll give you some stuff to talk about. Ready? So Acts, third chapter, first through fifth verses. I'm going to be reading from the New International Version of the Bible. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man was lame from birth, uh, that was lame from birth, was being uh, carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day for one purpose to beg from those going into the temple courts. I'm not going to stop and explain something. I really wanted to right there. I want to keep going. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked at him and John, as John did. And then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. We're going to take our subject again tonight from the first two words. Everybody say with me, one day. One day. So one more time, one day. Okay, you may be seated as we now move forward into the second part of this three-part series. I want to thank all of you who were so kind enough yesterday to just call, leave a text message, email, say how the Word of God blesses you, how you're strengthened from it, and for you having the courage to come in service and to just inspire others by seeing you. Several people came yesterday, walked the aisles, gave the lives of the Lord. Just something about being in a fresh zone, about some things that have been done a long time ago. And, 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 and some people say, well, why did those people come down? I didn't realize it's been over almost a year and a half or two before we saw people just walking down because we've been very cautious. And we've been having people to accept the Lord online or right there in your seat, which is wonderful. But then we had people to actually come down and physically the Lord led me to put hands on them, to touch them, to, to operate in a level of faith. And amen. yesterday was the first time after church, none of y'all shook my hand. Amen. So laying hands on people, just keep you out. I'm, I'm, I'm Pastor, all right. All right, Pastor, check you later. But I'm, I'm just thanking God for that opportunity. Can we move forward now? One of the things that we had to get started with yesterday was understanding that there was a difference between the early church. The early church, when something happened, something happened, people came down and, and they were in a, um, in a situation where they were needing to be healed or helped or, or blessed. The early church had this fire. We talked about that on yesterday. Now, I've got to continue. I can't just start on the second series part right here. I've got to walk us into it, all right, because we want the word of God to always be understood. So the early church had this fire, and that's what this, this story is about. This, this guy uh, was, was bad, in a bad condition, but uh, he was lame and crippled. And, and the early church, which marks the, the era when the church began, or the New Testament church, they had this fire boy because they were just waiting on God to move on them. And, 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 the, and the, the, the modern church, though, we talked yesterday, kind of seems to be uh, dying out a little bit. Uh, 
because of, um, I don't know, it, we, we, we have so many other things that go on. The, the church was, was to have, had a very spontaneous spirit. Then people would say, you need to go down to church and let them pray for you. You need to go down there and, and so you could, you could go down and the Holy Spirit would move on people in the middle of service. Amen. Not even on program. God was, he was just rude. You're not even on program, God. And God would just show up in the preacher or the missionary or the assistant preacher or the youth minister or the sister or the prayer band, a prayer warrior. And I'm going to call them a prayer warrior. And, and, and the fighters of the church would just interrupt service. If they didn't interrupt the sermon, they didn't mind just touching somebody. So you just say, hey, right now God is leading me not in your business, but just to pray for you. Now, we got to be careful because some of us try to mark what they did in the early church and, and your stuff. You don't know what you're doing yet. So it's, it's not to be imitated, but it's to be known. Okay, and I'm going to talk to you about the difference in that. So that was what would happen. And I talked yesterday a little bit about, you know, the church seems to be dying because now, you know, it, it, and please hear me with your spiritual ear. Because I got to say what it is. Sometimes now, you know, God can tell us to lay hands on the sick by faith, but now we don't want to get sued for touching people. And I would lay hands on you and pray for you, but I don't have my sanitizer. You know, now, don't, don't, don't make fun of that, and I'm not discarding what's going on. I'm not. And so all those things are okay, but right now, there's a little bit less spontaneity of doing what God said because I don't want to, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to break no rules. I don't want to, and that's very uh, strong, bad language, but I don't want to break no rules. And so God is saying, I want you to, I want to be free to move on you. But I don't want you to be afraid to let me use you. Anyway, so the early church had the ability to, to meet every new challenge through his creativity of faith. We got to find a way to do it. Got to find a way to do it. The other day, God reminded me of that when we were in a meeting. He said, okay, since everybody may be a little skeptical about praying, put hands on them and just touch gloves in. Amen. And, 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 and the faith that it takes to move on. So we put gloves on and we had all our men down there. We laid hands on each other with gloves on. Sometimes you got to be creative like that and say, well, since we can't do it one way, we won't do it at all. No, God will find a way. I'm talking really fast, but God will find a way if you want him to use you. And so sometimes now we become paralyzed and immobilized by our own doubt and our own unbelief. And then one day this happened. Here's what we're going to talk about again tonight, but we're going to go to the second phase. Peter and John were going up to the temple at a time of prayer. It was 3 in the afternoon. They were having a 3 p.m. prayer service. And when they were going there, there was a man there that was at the at the temple, and that's what the chair is in front of me today. It kind of is going to be like our symbol um, of what happens, um, you know, how it looks. Just want to kind of give you a different kind of a picture of what it looked like. So this man was there, and, 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 and this was the day. The Bible said that they brought him there every day, every day. Some of you know people that go to church every Sunday. And some of you know people that stay home every Sunday. And others of us know people who never go to church on any Sunday. But this man was actually, this man that was crippled, think about it now. He went to church every Sunday, but he went for the wrong reason. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get nothing out of church because you went for the wrong reason. Amen. Now, we can stop right there, and that could preach right there for about two hours, but I'm not going to do that. He was there every Sunday. Every, they, they took him there. They took this man there. The Bible didn't say every Sunday. The Bible said they took him there, Reverend, every day. Now, nobody go to church every day but Clifton Maxfield and 
John Beckwith and people like that. They go to church every day. Amen. And, but they don't go until people are dead. They don't just go in and sit down and worship God. They go in and show people remains. So, see, you can go to church, but what difference is it making if you don't know why you're going there? They're there for business. And sometimes God is saying, when you come in, I want you to put all of your business aside and pick up my business because you are there because you're going to get filled with something. Are we, are we there? Are we there? And, and so... What the Bible was telling us was this, and we said one day that there's going to be, there are going to be days of destiny, and we learned what destiny was yesterday. There are days uh, that are anointed and days that are appointed. So stop just talking about destiny. Understand it. There are certain days that when, when things are anointed and days that, that things are appointed, something's going to happen that day, and you have reached your destiny. I am going to the service station. Why? Sister Gloria, I'm going to get gas. I have finally reached my destination. Why? Because I have an appointed thing to do there. I'm there to get gas and anointed. I am blessed to have the money to pay for it. So now I've reached that destiny. I'm there. Sometimes people are not knowing that they've reached their destiny because they have no idea where they're going. And, but, and, and, and so let's just say that's okay. Let's just say that's okay. And this is Bible study night tonight now. Let's say that's okay. You have no idea where you're going. But one day something will happen that's not on your schedule. And it can change the rest of your life. And, and sometimes it may not just involve you. It may involve other people. So this man was at the church, but this man needed something from the people that were going to the church. He was at the church because the people at the church obviously had money going into the church, so he went where the money was. Everybody say, go where the money is. See, that seems to be where America is. So if a Satan's going to attack you, he's going to attack where he thinks you're the richest. He's going to attack you where he thinks the money is. However, he cannot attack where your flow comes from. Now that's kind of cold-blooded. Yeah, he can attack you. He will, and he will shut down every, every possible bit of faith that you thought you had because the things can look so gloomy and, doom, and dooming and dark, but he can't show, shut off your flow. The only way your flow is cut off is that you miss your appointment. And, and you and I, we have an appointment with God. We got an appointment on, 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 a, on a Sunday, and we have appointments on a Monday. I don't know about you, but some of y'all have beauty shop appointments, and you will hurt people if you're, what? My hair appointment? What? what? It's a, and, and you set it up. Amen. And when you walk into the beauty shop, you know you have made it to your destiny. And when you came out that chair, you know you had an anointed beautician because now you've, you just, you, you, got a, you got a brand new walk. You got a brand new talk. Now you got to go somewhere, as I said before, because somebody's going to see what happened. So you see, there are times when you look forward to going someplace because you know you're going to be different. Somebody say amen. And, 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 and I, I get it. And so sometimes for, for church, it's like that. I'm not saying, has anybody ever felt like just going to the beauty salon or something like that, or going to the barbershop, it's something you know you have to do. Amen. Now what's happening, though? People can do their own hair. How do you do your own hair? It's not that hard, is it? Just open up the sack. <laughs> you go to the restaurant on your way. It's not, that's not my business. Okay. 
So the law of Ashur is in a word today, yesterday, that now just in case people can't get in the church, he's going to make it possible so that you being the church can get into them. So there was a scripture there. Don't you not understand that you, that you, you know, you, the church, are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells. That means he lives, you know, permanently inside of you. Do you ever think about that? God has a permanent residence in you. You know, it felt like God wasn't there. God said, that's okay to feel like that, but you can't get me out of you. As long as you're breathing, he's living in there. That's an easy way to know it. How do I know God is in me, mama? How do I know God is in me, daddy? Breathe. See? Isn't it amazing that the one thing that the coronavirus is attacking is our breathing? Because when a person's breath is cut off, you feel like your life is shut off. And if your life is shut off, you may not feel like you can pray. Pray with what you know and what you have left. The Bible said you are the temple of God and God's spirit dwells in you. So if God wants somebody healed, God's going to use you. Are we there yet? Okay, we're getting closer to it now. So the reason this guy was there was he was asking for money. But today, this certain day, God had different plans. You may be here tonight, and I thank God for those of you who took the effort to come out here. I thank God for those of you who are going through some difficult times, and you may live far, and you may be saying, man, I'm so down on, my, on everything. I talked to a young lady who's here tonight. She says she drives trucks. She's been a truck driver for I don't know how many years. She's not but this tall, and she drives 18-wheelers. And she came out, and she said, I've decided to give my life to the Lord, and I've decided I'm not going to miss church. And she's been coming to church. Now... I don't know why she's coming, but I do know that if she's at this appointed time in her life and God has anointed her to say, I'm going for, now she's reaching her destiny. So guess what God's going to do? She drives 18 wheelers around places. So I'm willing to believe that God is pouring something into her so that she can put it on the road. Hey. And so what is happening now? God said to us in the word that the Holy Spirit it will redirect us toward redemption. Because, I mean, if we're going one way, the Holy Spirit inside of us is going to turn us into another direction. And I'm going as fast as I can. And so the church has to be the means of redirection, not part of the problem. So this guy, now we're going to start setting the story up a little bit. So, Brother Moses, you're going to have to play the cripple guy today again. All right. I'm, I'm all out of cripple man volunteers. Uh, you can take your notes if you want to. And uh, you can come on down. You can get your notes. if. You, oh, 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 look at him, y'all. Oh, look at him. He, oh, 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 oh. And the Oscar goes to the crippled man at the temple. So he's at the temple, and, and we, we learned now yesterday that he went and his friends brought him how often? Every day. Do you have any friends you could even invite every day? I guarantee you, if you start inviting people every Sunday on Saturday night, they will stop answering your call. And sometimes, eventually, you'll learn that. Just start mentioning to them, hey, let me take you to church tomorrow night. You know what? I, oh, and it's always something. But I guarantee you, every time something else is going on, they're going to invite you because you are always the life of the party. You're a good person. You're a nice person. You're friends. And then you need to calculate how many times have I gone with you and how many times have you surrendered and come with me? Maybe that's your friend. Maybe that's your friend, but maybe that's your assignment. Right. 
So every day they brought him. Every day they brought him. Now there's no biblical reference to them being there when this one day happened. They brought him and dropped him off. Some of you remember your mama and daddy or your mamas. I don't remember daddy doing it. Bringing you or dropping you off at church. You go, no, you going to church. And they were traded. We had, had to go to Sunday school. You're going to go to Sunday school. And so when I was a boy, my mother would wake me up, put my clothes on, and send me and made sure that I went to church. Thank you, Mom, because I didn't know what I was going to become. And I didn't know what I was going to have to live through to be as strong as I am now to endure what the enemy has come. But some kind of foundation had been set. So his friends, yes, their job, their job, their job. Say, my friend, as a, my my. my up. Say my job. Don't say that as, 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 don't say that part. Say, say my job as a friend is to get you in church. Now that's what their friends were. See, as we dissect the Bible now, these friends, they had a responsibility. Dude, I don't know if they were drunk. I don't know if they were mad. I don't know if they were wild. I don't know if they were part. I don't know if they were crazy. I don't know what they were. But the Bible says that they brought him every day and set him down. They took him where they knew he could be helped because they thought that the only way they could help him was give him money. And if that's your role in somebody's life, then fine, but there's something different on that end, man. Come on, what else is there? So he's sitting there and one day these two guys from the church came up. And when these two guys from the church came up, uh, Peter and John, they're the new church. Now, this man is sitting in front of the old church. He's sitting in front of, this is where everybody's going. So I decided to put it like this tonight so you can kind of see a little better. They're, they're trying to go into the old church because they're going to the old church to pray. But these men now have had, here we go, y'all. We ready? Here goes the second part of the series. They have had a personal relationship with God. And when you have a personal relationship with God, you are now, repeat after me, a New Testament. Say a New Testimony. Okay. Now there is the Old Testament. There's the Old Testimony. And then there is the New Testimony. You are a part of the New Testimony. Uh, uh, was it Georgiana? What is your name again? Tia. Oh. Georgiana's cousin. Yeah. So, so Tia is a part of the New Testament. Come on. Don't be so uptight because you don't know every Bible story. You don't know every Bible song. You don't know all the church songs. You don't know all the rules. You just got in it. All right? What you do know is that now you are a New Testament. So now imagine this. Peter and John were out there at first and they know things were going on in their lives and they were kind of messed up. And then bam, they received God. And then bam, they received the, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so here's what happens. You get saved and then all of a sudden you say, God, repeat after me, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Now, what that means right then is you're saying, God, I want to live this thing, but I don't have the power to do it on my own. God, I want to thank you for this car, but I need some gas in it. And so because a lot of people accept Jesus as their Savior, they don't ask God for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. So how often do you do this, Pastor? 
every day? I know if you got the Holy Spirit, you got it. Listen, if you got gas, you got it. But you get rid of that gas. I'm talking about in your car. I'm talking about in your car. If you got, okay, you got gas in your car. If you're going to go somewhere, you're going to have to refill it. What I love about watching airplanes at the airport is that sometimes they'll make those short distance trips between like Dallas and Houston, da, da, da. And every time they stop, every time they stop, they stop and refuel. I'm sure they didn't use that much fuel, but they still refuel because somewhere in that journey, something could go wrong and they may have to circle around a few times. The hint filling of the Holy Spirit gives you the ability to circle around a few times. Yeah, because sometimes you got one thing on your mind and then you run into something different. Somebody cuss you out, you got to circle around a few times. If you low on fuel, if you low on fuel, you're going you're to do, do it. Amen. See, you can afford to wear a mask. I can't see if you're frowning or not, but I'm okay. And so, and so that I want to make this really, really simple because one day you will say, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Listen to me. It's not going to make you not sin. So stop thinking, it's not real. My Holy Spirit is weak because I sinned. It's not going to make you not do anything right or wrong. It's going to assist you. But what it's going to do is give you the power when you hear from God. God's going to say, today, I'm giving you my power, not for you to get a new car, not for you to get a new house. It is not for you to be selfish with it, but I'm giving it to you because I'm going to hook you up with somebody who's going to have to have an experience today. Now, here we go. We're, we're sounding like... We sound like old church. No, we sound like new church. But we, we do all of our singing, we do all of our songs. But, but listen real careful now. How many things are explaining to us? How many things are happening in church that are explaining to us this power we have that we don't use? So I have to say that because that's where we're going now. So now they're saying, Father... Give us the Holy Spirit. Fill us with the Holy Spirit. And once you get the Holy Spirit, you want everybody to have it. And that way you don't have to act like church is just hot. You say, no, I'm hot. And if people jump and praise God, they do that because they want to, not because they're made to. Sometimes we're scared of the Holy Spirit because we say, I got my hair fixed and I don't want to be sweating. Then you don't have to shout. You don't have to shout out loud. You still will have power. The Bible didn't say that these guys went down singing songs and hymns and clapping and making circles around them. They were just on their way. See that one up on the stage? That's see, those of you on the, inter- on the internet, we want to kind of get a shot. They're on their way to the old church. They're on their way to the temple to pray, right? And then there has to be, and I'm going to get back there in a minute and just specifically teach this lesson really quick. So now they're about to have an encounter with this man who is in the way. And he's so positioned that they can't ignore that he is there. Doesn't that just frustrate you? We say that yesterday, don't you? You park right at the red light and the homeless people just sitting there with the cup. Golly. It's just, and it's just like, mm, mm, mm. And then like, they'll have kids with them sometimes. Then they have a dog. Just make you feel bad, don't it? It's all right to say it, y'all. People can't see you. I say it for everybody. It just make you feel bad. And then, like, you have a drink that you're about to get out your club compartment, you know, out the, and you reach down, and they know reaches. You were getting a drink, and they walked up to your car because you looked like you were giving them a hint, and you were just, and you, and you just kept your drink down there. Because ah, you didn't want to play. <laughs> you didn't want to fake them out, man. I'm sorry, is that wrong? Bad pastor. But so, and they're right in the way. This man is begging right in the way of the church, and you know he's going to feel bad. So, obviously, 
it's okay for him to be here because all the church people either walked by, gave him something, kept on going because that's just what, you know, that's what you do. It makes you feel good sometimes when you just give people stuff. Doesn't it make you feel good? Don't you feel better when you, when you just give people stuff? That's the way that we get rid of our guilt sometimes. We're going to give them something because we want to feel guilty for what they did. And so who they are is not your fault. And, and so then Peter, John, come up with him. Now, I'm going to need somebody because I'm not going to go up and down these stairs, Peter and John, in all day. Amen. So, Coach, I need you to help me. Now, because I'm going to walk through, because I want you to see this series. When God laid on my heart, I need you to do a series. That means a repetitive sermon. I want you to continue it for a few days until they get it. Okay, you're up there. Now, I, I need, uh, which one are you, Peter or John? Okay. Peter was a very dark one. I need a. So, all right. We just, I mean, I'm just saying for the record, you know. So, so. So that's, oh no, I'm not going to get into that. That's a Bible joke. So, so anyway, and so now there they come. They're coming up to the temple. Does everybody get this picture? Those on the internet, watch this now because it's going to be real easy to say, eh, eh, just another lesson. No, it's life changing. And this guy's not going to move, but they're going to make a move. Everybody say confrontation. confrontation. There's about to be a confrontation. See, and I'm not a confrontational person. I don't. I am not, I've never been, I don't like fighting. I hate fighting. I hate fighting anybody. I've always hated fighting people because I don't like to be hurt and I don't like to hurt for other people to be hurt by me. So I don't like confrontation. When you don't like confrontation, it can make you seem like a coward. And there are others who talk all that noise. They're talking confrontationals until it's time to do something. And they're like, well, you better be glad, be glad of nothing. I'm the kind of person, if I see confrontation, I will just move completely out of the way. And a lot of people know that. Why? Because I'm a forgiver. Everybody say forgivers. See, forgivers, we avoid confrontation. We just forgive. We don't have to go around bragging about how tough we are and I'll whoop yo and I'll be glad that you did. And you better be glad and you don't know my people and all that. That's before, that was over here. That was over here. That was over here. You, you've been vaccinated, haven't you? Yes, you feel all right tonight? Okay, good job. See, that's over here. Put your guards up like this. Then after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, turn around and lift them up. See, you go from that to that. So now you're not confrontational like that. Okay, let's see the old you. The old you, I will kick you. Man, you don't, what, 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 what? Holy Spirit comes upon you. And now you want to do that, but he's changed you. And you don't brag about how much you've changed. You, Oh, I feel that all over me. You don't go around telling people about, you You better be glad. I'm, you better be nothing. Tell them the truth. You ought to be glad that I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Stop making people think that you are stronger than you are. You are not. You're, you're the weakest now you've ever been in your life, according to the word of God. You've never been this weak because now you live totally by the strength that he gives you. And you realize, God, if you took away my strength, I would have nothing. And that's why you keep coming to church. All these folk keep having you to counsel them and talk to them because you shucking and jiving about how strong you are. Shame on you. You want to meet with a bunch of men, meet with a bunch of women, meet with a bunch of kids because you fake people out to make them think you're stronger than you are. Now they want your strength. They don't want your anointing. They don't want your God. 
Back fight. That's you. That's Peter and John. Now they got saved and they asked the Holy Spirit to fill them up. My job is just make it simple. It's not to make it deep. And when you ask God for the infilling of the Holy Spirit, you want to in your old life. You want, yeah, you want to do some things. And you realize if you don't do some things, you're going to look like a punk. You're going to look like a coward. You're going to look no good. But once you allow his strength to take over in your weakness, and you say, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. See, you can do that right now. You can do it in the morning. You can do it anytime you want to. <laughs> so now that anointing is on you. And now as they go toward the temple, this particular day, come on down. Now their approach to this man is different. Hold tight, y'all. Hold tight. Hold tight. I'm having a good time. I don't care if you in here or not. Now they are ready for this confrontation. Can I tell you what happens? Most of the time, we think we're ready for God to use us, but we don't realize that God is saying, can I use you in the midst of some confrontation? In other words, you're about to be a blessing to someone that you can really curse, someone that you can really hate, someone that you can really avoid, but I'm setting it up today. It ain't about this man, it's about this man. Everybody that knew him knew how he was, but everybody that knew them knew how they were. <laughs> they expect him to beg. They do not expect them to heal. Are we, are we good? Yeah. Am I talking too loud? Did I get way too excited about that? This it, is good to me. I get to pass it out. Hey. All right. And so, now it's time for me to go to the Bible. Because some of y'all thinking I'm just making up this. And I'm going to say once upon a time. So we read earlier, one day, they saw this man. And the second part of the series tells us that when they got to him, here's the confrontational part. He's looking down, Peter and John walk up there. They were supposed to put money in the bucket and keep going around. But the scripture said, Peter said, now, silver and first they said, they said, look at us. Remember? Okay, we, we, we're back on, we're on the second part of the series now. But the first part, we ended with look at us. And so the man changed his direction. He started looking up. That changes things. Now, these new people on the street, when you say look at us, they want to know if you're going to cash a card. I'm so serious. <laughs> Homeless people got cash apps now, y'all. I'm serious. They out there, hey, man, I ain't got no change. That's all right. You can uh, hashtag my corner or whatever it is. And you can give the homeless people. I'm serious on the street. It, it messed me up. And, you know, with me with my cash app, I thought I was showing out because I'm just learning about cash app. You know, dollar sign, this is my corner. So you can't even use that lie, I don't have any change. Man, I would help you, I don't have any change. Hashtag, hashtag, my corner. Hashtag, uh, uh, stop ignoring me. Hashtag, I see you every day. Whatever, <laughs> that dollar sign. So this time, he said, look at us. Then, then, they said to him, silver and gold, I don't have. 
I don't have cash app. We ain't got none of that today. We left our stuff at the house. We don't have any money because they knew that the man came out there for what reason? What reason did he come out there? Money. You want to test your real friendships? Act like you don't have money one day. That changed the whole picture. They didn't have the money, Sister Brother Smith. They didn't have the money. However, there's a clause here. But, now if you don't have money, I ain't got nothing to do. I don't know what else we have to talk about. He said, but, he said, but what I do have. Okay, watch this. Peter, old Peter, new Peter. I don't have money. But I bet you today that if I gave you some money, you'd still be crippled. <laughs> but what I'm going to give you today, all these jokers, if they gave you everything in their accounts, you would be rich but still crippled. We can dismiss church right there. So now we got to play Let's Make a Deal. I'll go back and get you some money. Or I can give you something that will help you be able to make your own money. That's the old church versus the new church. The old church was saying, come on in because you need strength. The new church is saying, come on in because you have strength. Because your strength, your weakness is made strength. When you're weak, you become strong in him. Now you come to church, somebody say, with something. And it's called power. And now we have to understand who put something in your deposit. Say God. And what account did he put it in? He put it in the account of your Holy Spirit. Say Holy Spirit. Okay. So you were empty. And God deposited something in you called the Holy Spirit. Now, when he deposited that Holy Spirit in you, now you walk around and you got to find... How many, you ever ate too much? Yes, sir. Yeah. Toya, stay with me for just a few more minutes. Okay? You ever ate too much? When you eat too much, okay. I don't want to keep it that real though, but I do. I do. When, when you eat too much, you got to, you got to release it. Amen. That's why sometimes you come to church, folk act like they crazy. Because where else do you go as a professional? And, ah, and you get to holler stuff and what's wrong with you? Oh, I got this stuff in me and I can't, I can't holler nowhere else, Sister Art. And when I do, they think I'm crazy and I'm fake and I'm trying to be cute. I'm trying to catch somebody. I can't act like I'm shouting, but the Holy Ghost make me shout. The boy thought I was cute now I done shot my eyelashes off. So now they have something inside of them and we have to get this. They have something inside of them and I can't go into the old three series till Sunday morning. And whatever is inside of them created the but. They wouldn't have said that on their own. That's when the anointing has an appointment. You want me to bless you? Then I'm going to give you your chance. Don't miss your moment. Because you with your boy John. Don't act like you're too busy. Y'all know you've been seeing this man for the last four years sitting there shaking his bucket. So today... Make your mark. So he said, what I do have, how do you know you have it? Because you ask God for it. 
How do you know you have the Holy Spirit? Say, because I asked God for it. And that's the only way you get it. You have to ask God for it and receive it. You don't have to stand in my prayer line, your prayer line. It doesn't take my oil. Now, I may anoint you, put oil on you so you can understand the manifestation of it. It's kind of help you to go ahead and release it. But you have it because you asked for it. You don't ask for the Holy Spirit so you can pass a test. The Holy Spirit is not going to make you any smarter. You are still dumb. I'm just teasing. <laughs> no, it's not. He's not going to do that. He's not going to help you get your credit score. Right. It's, it, now you see, now you're using him for your benefit. He's giving himself power to you because he trusts you to help somebody else. So he says, this is so good to me. Oh, I know it's good to you too. You just, so anyway, he said, what I do have is this. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it. I'm not going to even charge you for it. I know you got a cash app. I know you got some of that money. But I'm going to give it to you. What I have, I'm going to give you. So he said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Get up. Get up. And because that man had an appointment. With somebody anointed. Bible says, taking him by the right hand. Because we already learned that that left hand is the filthy hand. Amen. We've already learned. Now, I can't go through and explain all that now. But that's why we come to church. So we learn a little thing. That left hand was that, you don't touch that left hand. That left hand represented the filth in your life because that's the left hand, according to the Bible, what people use to clean themselves with because they didn't have porta potties and they didn't have, you know, Walmarts to steal tissue from and all that stuff. So the left hand, that was that, that was called, I'll give you a decent way to say it in case it was the body maintenance hand. Okay, body maintenance hand. All right. He took him by, and this is real specific now, they took him by the right hand and he helped him up. Okay, get back down, get back down. I want you to watch the picture. He put the camera on, on the guys here. I want, to, I want to show you the picture. So Peter, you turn around that way. He's an old Peter, ready to fight somebody. I'll hurt you. Peter, you know how Peter was. I'll cut your ear off. I'll kick your behind. Don't mess with me. I'm Peter. Now, now the, he was with Jesus talking all that trash. But now after the Lord is gone, he's received the infilling of the Holy Spirit. So now Peter turns around. And you don't want to have to be all this stuff he was. You don't have to be all that popular. So now he goes to this man saying, get out the way. We're trying to go in there and pray. But what he did was say, what I have, I'm going to give it to you. In the name of Jesus, he said, get up. And then look what he did. Oh, he, he took him by the right hand. And the Bible said he helped him. See, there will be times when God will use you and people still can't do it without you. Now, let's just stay here for a minute, and let's go to school. Let's go back to school. So, 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 when, 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 when we challenge the world with the world's goods, we're not doing them any justice. This man wanted money. Most people that know you want something else from you. We're not doing them any good. All I need you for is to help me out this month. I'm not doing you any good. All I need to do is help me out this year. All I need to do is get, you're not doing them any good. 
Okay, now listen to me. Don't hear me say don't bless people. I'm not saying that. But at some point, that's what you become known for. You become the God that everybody else ought to be seeking. And they no longer have to seek God. They just use his name because they sought you. And there will be times when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will say, don't buy another can of beer. You say, I don't drink. Yes, you do. You, they drink through you. Don't buy another piece of crack. I don't, but, but then Phil said, not today. Not today. Because I have something better than money to offer you. So the role of the church, where, where, is, where, is, where is the old church? Here. Where is the new church? Let him go. Let, let us see the new church. Okay. I do like that, like a rocky. That's the new church. This is the old church. Y'all get it? They were going into the old church to pray. But before they got to where they needed their power today, they received some. So now the new church, that's you, that new believer, is having a confrontation. Something is blocking him from coming into the inside. And so the role of the church in the world is to continue the ministry of Jesus as a mediator and an intercessor. Here's the question. What would Jesus do in this situation? Well, Y'all taking a picture. Let me let you get the picture taken. Take your notes right quick so I, can, so I can go teach the lesson. We got it. This is what Monday school is. We just... You will decide in a minute, I ain't missing another Monday school ever, Lord. I didn't, I'm trying to figure out how to do, I'm getting up early in the morning, walking around a block five hours, and all I really need to do is say, God, feel me. Because, you know, you're not losing weight, you're losing faith. You're trying to look good, and God's trying to strengthen you. Say, you look all right. You listen to the wrong people. You ready? You got that note down. Now, here you got to ask yourself, Okay, sit back down there, cripple me. What would Jesus do? Now, remember this. The role of the church in the world now, the role of the church in the world now is to continue the ministry of Jesus. Um, Jesus. Come on. So, so, so before Peter, there was Jesus. Okay, what would Jesus do? Jesus would go to this crippled man, and what would Jesus say? Rise, get up and walk. And Jesus would, boom, oh, and that's why they wanted to kill Jesus because he had all this power going on. So now Jesus has gone to the cross, thank you, sir, and he has died. But he said, I'm going to leave you with all what? Come on, y'all, you know the P word. I'm going to leave you with what? And so you wonder, why don't I have this power? Because you don't receive it. You don't ask for it. You're thinking somebody got to give it to you. He gave it to you, power and authority. So now Jesus, who was, went to that same temple, <laughs> he's gone but the church is still there but, but now there's a new church going in and so because they really listened to what he said now they get a chance to do what he did so they went in and that's where we said the role of the church in the world is to see word see word here it is y'all here you gotta create nothing quit trying to be all I made this up no you just doing what he did is to continue the ministry of Jesus now <clears throat> what are you gonna do you're gonna do that as a mediator and an intercessor you've got a role to come in between and you gotta show people how to live it and Satan is not after every church let me tell you this He's after every believer. Let me just say that. 
So we're here to direct and bring people, men and women, to God. That's what we're supposed to do, y'all. That's it. That's it. That's it. Because when you see here in a minute, after the man got up on his feet, he still went in where they were going. The key is sometimes we get discouraged because after we bless people, they won't, they'll lie. I'm going to come to church. I promise I'm going to come to church. I'm, I'm, no, I'm going to come. I'm going to come. And they won't because you became God. And you can't make them not come. And some of us need to stop using this poor excuse. Well, people are going to do what they do. No. People are going to do what you inspire them to do. I see four claps and one shaved hand. No. You don't manipulate them, but you inspire them. Why do they ask you to come to things? Because you inspire them. And when it comes time for church, we inspire them. And that's why Satan says, let me mess up your character. Let me ruin your relationship. Let me talk bad about your church. Let me lie on your church. Let me put down your preachers. Let me make sure all that anointing seems fake so that you cannot inspire people. If there was not something in there, you would not be on your way there either. So what's he doing outside the church? Give him his bucket. Hold it up. What's he doing? No. He's protesting that the church doesn't work. Back off for a minute, Peter. He's protesting that I've been here every day for years. And there's nothing in there to help me. Oh, come on. The minute you decide to go against God, somebody will help you every day. Just let that sink in for a minute. He's shaking his bucket. He's there for money. And he knows that the people going inside have something because givers always have something. And if you give God your time, you will never be broke. This man knew that. His friends knew that. Now, I don't know what they did with their money all the time, but it was pretty good, good enough so that he was able to show up and didn't have to go to work every day. He worked the church. <laughs> On the clock. Are you listening to me? And at some point, God said, I need somebody who's been with me now, if you haven't been with him, you may not love him enough to do that. I need somebody who's been with me to show everybody why I'm here, what I did, now that I've gone, that this stuff still works. And I need the new church to see it. The old church knows about it. The old church crucified me. But the new church, nobody want to hurt you because you're not any threat to the kingdom of Satan. Ah, I didn't fool with you. Got you already. So if we're going to be a part of the solution, rather than part of the problem, we got to have this divine deposit in which to draw from. I've got to have something in me that when I pour it on, it's going to change somebody. Did y'all get that? That sentence. Now, where do I get this something from? The Holy Spirit. How do I get it? I just ask for the infilling of it. Now, you already have the Holy Spirit. Okay, here's your car. You already have a gas tank. This is your car. You got a gas tank. But, but in order for you to go somewhere, you got to say, ooh, 
man, I need, to, I need you to help fill my tank. And so somebody gives money, and you get it filled. Okay, you get it filled. Boom, there you go. Boom. So in your tank, and so, and then, then your stuff go out again, and now what you do? Ask for what? Another refill. So I'm keeping it practical because we got to understand now, there's a time when Satan's going to tell you, you don't have anything to draw on. And we listen to him because Satan speaks Siri. <laughs> You're depressed and you are not going to make it. Siri, what am I going to do today? Nothing. Stay home and hurt yourself. See, so there's a temptation in the church to give people what they want rather than what they need. Pastor Rush, we want something for this people. We want something for that people. So then we try to do that. And when we do that, we seem like a cool church. We seem like some cool people. Oh, they got a lot of stuff going on. And the world will always want to make sure that you're doing something that they want so they can evaluate that rather than give them what they need. Because once you have what you need, then now God is evaluating you and you're starting to multiply. So if we yield to the temptation, then we forfeit our right to be able to prophesy to this next generation. So we can't really talk about healing. Why? Because we're afraid to do stuff like that. We're afraid to go out on a limb and say, God, I thank you right now for blah, 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 blah. And then you don't have it. And like, oh, I thought you prayed for it. I did. Where is it? I don't see it. How I go? Prayer doesn't work. I don't know if prayer doesn't work for you, but it still works for me. Because I was bold enough to speak it. And it takes power to do that. Nobody's asking God for anything anymore except something instantly. I was on a plane one time and I was flying in and it, it said, you know, we're going to be approaching Dallas. We'll be landing in Dallas. And I think it said like eight minutes, something crazy like that. And I'm, from where we were, there was no way we were going to get down there in eight minutes. I don't care who you are. You can jump out. You're not going to get in eight minutes. We were so far above. We were beyond. We hadn't even gone into the clouds. We were past the clouds. And if you've ever flown, you go to the clouds, then you go up there almost where Jesus is. <laughs> so, so, but they said we have eight minutes. Now, I'm the only one on the plane that was like, I'm going to get the rest of my nap out. But all around me, I heard, people getting ready because they believed that those people knew what they were talking about when they came in and said we'll be landing in eight minutes eight minutes was nowhere y'all understand me I don't even see traces of stuff but because that flight attendant has some connections with the pilot <laughs> and because I'm just a passenger and I don't know how fast we're going and how far we're diving. So I decided, since I can't prove it and I don't have my research, I'm not, I'm going to wait. I ain't got to. And then let me tell you what bothered me. I'm just doing my own thing, man, in my own minutes. And old girl come up. Uh, sir, could you push your tray up? What? I'm not bothering anybody. We're getting ready to land. And here's my question. I ain't said it to her, though, because, you know, I'm like, Land where? There's nowhere to land right now. But I went on. I put on the little tray. Click. I put my little seat up. Click. I, I took my little thing off my ear. You know. Click. 
I'm complying. And before I knew it, I started to do like other folk. And lo and behold, what was so far away became so close. But I had not prepared for it, and I would not have prepared for it had she not told me. That's why we're here tonight. God is saying, look, the old church would just let you be surprised. But now, the new church, I want you to know, I'm giving you something, and you're going to have to be the go-between because there are still people that are crippled. A lot of people spend their entire lives focusing on their wants and end up feeling empty and, and hollow. This is what I want. This is what I want. This is what, and so you're empty. You're hollow. Because all your prayers are filled with things that you want. It's our responsibility to help hurting people find a real source of hope. That, that man is hurting. That man is, that man is gone. That, that one right there, we'll stay away from that one. He's hurting. And we don't, we don't need, I don't, I'm going to say this. I don't know. But we, we don't need user-friendly churches. We don't. We don't, we don't need that. We don't need that. So, so there he is now, and, and he's out there. And the Bible said, taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. Let's get ready to close this out now. So they didn't just give this man the faith command. This time, and it's not always like this, this time they reached out a supportive hand. Sometimes God will help me pray for people and help people. Then sometimes God will say, give them to them. Give to them. Give to them. They ask for $5, give them 10. Give them 15. Give them 20. They only ask for five. The first five was for them. The next three fives are from the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They're going to like you first. Now you're going to tell them, God has touched me to bless you with more. So tell him, get up. Now watch. Bam, right there, freeze. You see what he's doing? He's reaching out to give him a supportive hand. I want to talk to all of you who always complain about what's not in the church. What are you doing personally to help support us? Remember the last time you said, I will stand on the floor and usher. I will. I can't sing, but I will stand up there and I'll try. I don't know deadly squat about a camera, but give me something to hold on to. I can come, but what can I do? On your own, you're going to always think about what you can't do. But when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, God is going to say, make yourself available. Now, all I need you to do is use your cute face, use your cute body, use your cute shape, use your muscular body to just serve my people. Somebody is going to look at you and know help is in there because it, it takes more than just somebody with nothing to do to help people. And you can't help people. On your own. You don't want to. Now that wasn't, a, that wasn't a shade. That wasn't shade. That wasn't a cheap shot. You already know why you do what you do and you don't do what you don't do and all that. You already know that. But one of the first things that's going to happen to you when you constantly ask God for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And some of us need to go back and repent because you used to do a lot. And then you got discouraged because people started being critical of your work. Why? Because you were into yourself. And when they stop saying what you did and folks start finding out something wrong with what you did and you didn't do this good enough and you didn't pick that up fast enough and you didn't put that this way, then you got discouraged. You still want God to bless you, but you said, no, God, I don't want to help people anymore because people hurt. Take it from the dude. 
People hurt, but God says, I healed. So for all of you who say, I don't know if I can do it anymore. I don't feel like it. I'm going to stop doing some of everything. Shame on you. You've got all of that anointing in your life. And you're constantly asking God for something. And all it takes is for somebody to say something about you. I'm sorry to the whole body of Christ if I led that example to say I'm hit and I'm hurt and I've got to halt. That was not from God. That was from my belief that anybody who would grab you like that the way people grabbed me. Camera right there, please. If people grabbed you like that, like I thought people grabbed me, I didn't realize that some people are trying to help you up and some people just want to be connected to you because they know you're going somewhere. Please stay with me. These next few notes might sting a little bit. So the church, we've got to confront in order to help. Look at this. This is, this is a series we're on now. This is, this, is, this is bigger than just a church service. If he doesn't confront, remember, he said, stand up and walk. Now, he has the right to just say, stand up and walk. However, this man is not going to walk, Brother Bomar, if this guy doesn't confront him right now. He's got to make a connection. He's got to make a connection. The greatest weapon that's being used against the church right now is we're being told and forced, Brother Red, not to connect. So God is saying, I want to do a new thing. And now the law, the disease, the sickness, the plague says, don't connect. Tell them they can walk, but don't help them. Tell them that they can be blessed, but don't help them. Look, 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 and just read your notes. Just read your notes. And God laid this on my heart for somebody. I don't know if you're in, in Canada, if you're in Kulamaku, Africa. The church has to confront the church. Turn around, hands up. The new church has to confront if we're going to help people. It was not my idea yesterday to lay hands on a single person at this altar. The Holy Spirit said, I need you to confront them. Amen. I thought he meant, I want you to go down and just ask them about their lives. He said, no, touch them. Touch them wide open right now. And let me say this. It makes people cringe because, Pastor, you're not being careful. I have loved people when there was no COVID who stabbed me. You missed that. When there was no COVID. I'm talking about when you couldn't see evil. And there was no mask or no gloves, but they still had a knife. And God said, love them with all your heart, with all your mind. You know, love them like you love me. We can't help those who are unwilling to be confronted. Now watch this, watch this. Let's go through this slow motion again. Wipe this down because we're about to end this part because we're going to get ready for Sunday, right? Oh, this is going to carry you for a while. Now watch, I'm gonna, I want you to write this down, but I want to share it with you. I got to keep acting this part out. We got a, a troupe that's in rehearsals now acting out sermons because God is just taking us in. Use the gift I gave you. Forget what people say. Use what I gave you. Make the word simple. Doggone it. Use some parables. Make some illustrations. That's what got us where we are. Let everybody else be quick. Let them be deep, but I want people to be changed. Now watch this. Watch Peter again. Watch Peter again. Watch Peter again. Here we go. Watch the sermon. Just watch the sermon. So... 
he comes up to him and said, look at us. He looks up and he says, silver and gold have I none. He said, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Wait, 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 wait. Rise up and walk. Nothing's happening. He extends. Hold on. Now watch this hand. What's he doing? Why? Because he wants to walk. We can't help people who are unwilling. Tell him, get up and walk. Get up and walk. This is us trying to help people. And they don't want your help. They want your handout. This man is making an effort. When, no, y'all don't get it. When people are sitting in their chairs, chilling out the whole church service, and all of a sudden they get up, somebody, you, without the organizational pen or the committee, somebody, that's in Monday school, might ought to be there when I come down. I just want you to just kind of escort me when I go down. Preacher saying, come. You just sit in your seat, but you got to act like you're waiting on this moment. Get over there because we are distant. And so, and it's going to happen every Sunday. You know how it goes. Now, come if you want to give the Lord your life. I'm at the back of the church, but I'm going to get up and I'm going to come. Somebody here ought to quickly say something encouraging. You ain't got to touch me. Just got to help me. Encourage me. One of the things. See, that's your role. But maybe you miss your moment because you're passing out peppermints. What can I do to help? Be willing to confront. But if this man, Daytrina, if he doesn't reach up, it ain't happening. Look at us. What does look at us mean? We're the same dudes that told you no two months ago. We haven't given you money in a week, three weeks. We come every day. But today, we want you to see that the same guys that told you no. No, come on now, y'all. See, you're giving up on people who say, I hate your church. I hate your preacher. I hate your youth people. I hate the folk in the church. I hate the choirs. I hate the music. Service too long. And so we get discouraged. So guess what? You're the one who needs to be helped. No, you can walk in church and sing, or you can drag yourself in church and sing. Is this making sense to anybody? Yeah. It's just a couple of notes, but it's got it's to get inside now. And I got to say this before Satan attacks the next level of us. We can't help those who are unwilling to be confronted or redirected. Pastor drove down seven hours yesterday. This other, what's it today? To Sunday, whatever the day is. Two days before yesterday. Because the Holy Spirit spoke and said, you're going to start a Spanish ministry. And you can have people to speak Spanish, but are they going to be consistent? You got to speak Spanish to people that are not here. And if I see you consistent, I'm going to open up a floodgate. So he drove down and, and he and I walked for hours. We talked for hours. We ministered for hours. And I said, God, why is it that this hasn't opened up yet? And God said, it's real simple. Some people aren't willing, and they don't believe that when you bless them, it's going to cost them nothing. So you just keep reaching out, and I'm going to touch somebody, and they're going to reach back. Now watch it. As he reaches back, bam, that's 
what started him to walk. Because the man was willing after he was confronted. I don't hear crackheads telling me not to preach about crack. I don't hear gay people telling me to shut up. I hear all y'all who don't want to hurt people. No, I don't. I really don't. I don't. I don't. I don't hear liars and thieves telling me to stop. And the minute we realize we got to kind of soften the mess because we don't want to hurt people, people are already gone. And so now we figure we got to act like the world <laughs> to go get them. Watch this. Here's what Peter could have done. All that feeling of the Holy Spirit on him, walk right past him, Peter, and go up there and just get your groove on. Because he got to do what's popular in there. God says, your assignment is not in there right now. I got something before you come. Why is church empty on Sunday morning sometimes? Because we don't answer our service call. Can I, can I give you something? So, let's look at his words. Rise. Give me five more minutes. I hear your clock going on. Rise. And no, what do you say? In the name of Jesus. I don't have any money. But, but, I, but I want you, what I do have, I want you, I want somebody to stand up right now in church since we're in here by ourselves. I want you to say that speech and say that speech mean. Anybody got your Bible? Look at that. I want you to sound like Peter, but I want you to sound mean. Go on and do it right quick. Anybody? Go on, go on, go ahead, Sister Ed. Okay. Ooh. Now I need somebody to say that real sweet. Just real. You, you can be a man. Just real sweet. Or sister. It don't matter. But you got to be loud. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go. Read that speech. Loud. I mean sweet. Okay. That was good. That was dramatic. Can somebody say it and laugh at the same time? Can you speak it and kind of laugh about it? Laugh and smile at it. I want to over-exaggerate it a little bit. Anybody? Oh, come on. Here goes Holly Berry Jr. right here. Go ahead. Go ahead. Just so friendly. Why is it that when we confront people who need to be changed? Jesus. know who you admire on TV but dude you need to chill out okay so he's healed but he's deaf now we're called to speak God's truth how in love if my dress is too short just say oh okay you have some very very nice legs if you're a sister though you have very very nice legs and I remember my legs were like that and I just tell you what you know it's a wonderful thing but sometimes you know when you're going to be praising just be aware that some people may look at but you know I love you I appreciate you and man you know compliment them do it in love you need to drop that skirt walking around here looking like somebody loose <laughs> who wants to hear from you miss I wish I was fine You get it, y'all? You need to stop smoking because you're going to kill yourself. No. Listen, if you keep smoking, next time I see you, I'm going to put some water on you because I thought you were on fire. <laughs> no, just teasing. But find a sweet way to do it. In the name of Jesus. Oh, man, this is your day. Hey, look at us. It's okay. 
Rise up and walk. Get up. Let me help you. Yeah, man. You're doing good. Come on. Oh, man. John, look at him. He's doing it. You're doing it. He's up. And he's up not just because the infilling was upon him. The Holy Spirit gave him the courage to do this. It was the power of God that healed him. But y'all, sisters, sometimes you want to know, why are you acting like that? Change the way you talk, baby. I mean, you're just a little rough. Okay, we have proven now black women are strong. America's way behind. We've been strong. You ain't got to fight no black man to prove your power. Respect the fact that you are, hey, change your tone. Everything you said is right, but it's the way you say it. Brother, change your tone. Change it. You're the man. You got power. You got authority. But change your tone. There was a time, man, when I'd get in front of people, even directing the choir, whatever. I just I had this whole hard tone because it was so much to get through just to get the next thing done. And every day of my life, I'm trying to do something for the kingdom. And I'm realizing, God, this is not costing me money. Listen, I told my staff today, this has cost me my life. Yeah. You realize you can work in ministry so long that you can fuss at people because you wanted God to use you and you're so smart, you're so cotton-picking, in demand and all that stuff, and you just talk to people any kind of way. And I did. I did that. Got a lot done. But it doesn't help to have a whole lot done and look back and you got a trail of dead people. You accomplished a lot, but look who you killed on your way there. That's why I take my time now. And I know one thing I've learned about COVID. You don't have to have nobody in the church still have it. Do it in love. The church needs to confront openly. While the lost have to conform willingly. All that means is what I said. And I, sometimes I don't know why I don't. Because if I say things what I mean, it, it takes my slides longer. But we have to, Peter and John did it in front of the guy. But the guy had to conform willingly. He had to want to get up. But it all happened one day. How many days have people done this? We don't know if Peter and John was the first one to reach out to him. We don't know that. But now we know that he wouldn't have gotten up if he hadn't reached out, reached back. Does that make sense to anybody? So you just do a little bit. Somebody else will come along after you later on. Bomar might come tomorrow with the same thing. Oh, don't worry about it. He's going to hell. I tried my best to talk to him. He ain't doing nothing, Bomar. You're wasting your time. That's because of the way you, your approach was. But you just softened it up a little bit. Don't talk to him. He ain't getting no vaccine. They don't mind. They don't mind dying, killing everybody else. Hey, somebody doesn't come along tomorrow. Have you reconsidered getting the vaccine? And they go, I'm going to reconsider. Why? Because your approach was different. That, that man could have said no to 40 100 people going in church. But this, everybody say one day. This one day. This one day. Now, everybody else could have tried to get him to go in. Okay, okay. Move back, Peter. Sit down, cripple man. Okay. You need to come to church. Out here on money. We can give you money. Money ain't going to do nothing for you, brother. Hallelujah. Hey. I could say, hey, hey. And then some people came, he going in church. You know some people, some people, hey, dog, look at it. I'm going to take a selfie. Look at that. That's going to give me a bunch of likes. I'm at the temple. I'm at the temple. 
And some people, you know, oh, oh, oh. I'm going to give him a little bit. Let me take this picture. <laughs> yeah. Got a little bit. And then some people, you got some change in there? Shoot. <laughs> Y'all know everybody going to church and I say, hey, that man got some money. He getting jacked in front of the church. <laughs> oh, that's the church you go to. I came there because you will be wise in the Lord. All right. So the three things that happened in this message tonight is real simple. Please get this down. Thank you so much, Brother Moses. The faith moment involves these three things. So what did we learn on series number two? Real simple. We got the faith command. We got the helping hand, and we got the will to stand. Now, if that's corny, just write it down corny. But if, if we can understand why God brought us out and kept us tonight, and if it seems like it's long, guys, how long did that man sit there? How long has somebody been waiting on you to really know how to approach them in love? It takes a minute, and all it takes is somebody like you who's willing to say, I don't want nothing from you now. I got something for you. I got something for you. So we're talking about what? The faith command. We got the faith command. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And then he reached out to him. That's that helping hand. If you're getting your nails done, sister, do something with your hand. And then we got what? That man was willing to take a stand. And already you learned three points about a scripture that just looked like something that's just in the Bible. Now, I apologize for maybe being a little longer. Today we had a lot of work and all. So I said, God, I know what you've laid on my heart. So help me to make it simple to the people who are going to use it. I am not about trying to make an impression. But now we got to see what this man did after he got help. So Sunday, I might just need you all to help reenact a little bit of this. It's all right. We might just come in here with some of our, uh, what we call it, Sister Rush, feeding my sheep clothes on. Some of y'all be some biblical characters. We might just have a few of you on stage acting like you're in the temple. Because somebody coming in church Sunday might need to, why y'all being so nice? Go on and tell them the truth, y'all. I'm not nice. I'm just filled with the Holy Spirit. You don't want to catch me. <laughs> Baby, I'm just a turnaround from cutting your throat. <laughs> so what you need to do, now watch this, this is great. What you need to do is pray that I'm filled. Because if not, I will bust you in your head. Lord, feel him, feel him, feel him. But that's something you got to ask for yourself. Are you blessed tonight? I pray that all of you that are listening online stay with us. Um, every time we go to another level in the Lord, Satan makes a different kind of an attack. So I want you to not only expect attacks from the enemy, but be ready to keep us prayed up. All right? Um, golly, Peter and John didn't have a chance. Because before this happened, his, Peter's character was messed up. He denied Jesus in front of everybody. Jesus got murdered because Peter said, I don't know him. You get it? So Peter was the last one you would expect to help somebody. Okay. Thank you so much for being in service. And those of you that are online with us, you can go to Givelify right now. You can go to Text to Give. 
you can go to uh, we don't the cash app. That that's just that's not for the church, so that would only be if you want to give to the pastor. And I appreciate you and thank you in advance in advance for that. But that's that's not what this solicitation is for. But I want you to give something and thank God for this opportunity to come out. Now, everywhere we go, every day we hear there's something being said or spoken about this Delta variant of the vice of the virus, and we hear it. We're respectful to it, right? When you come in Sunday, mask up, separate, and shout. Mask up, separate, and shout. We do two songs and get right to the word. Because we don't want people that, let me tell you why. Those of you that are listening online, I'm just going to explain something. We don't want people to feel so uncomfortable that they got to get up and leave and cross contaminate themselves going to restrooms. We want to try to get, I'm not trying to get church over fast, just trying to get to the main point. You get it? We're going to start this, if you want water, we're not going to let you go to water fountains. We bought water for you, and the water has uh, uh, IBOC. It's IBOC water. It's holy water. Okay. You holy, when you drink it, you're going to make it. No, one. So we're going we're gonna to have water for you on services now. And we're going to come in and we're going to get the word of God. We're going to move forward. So let's continue to do that. Um, that's about all I'm going to say about that right now. I thank you in advance for coming. I really mean to. If I send you a video, if I send you an announcement, listen to it in Jesus' name. Take me a long time to do that stuff. Also, um, well, I forgot what I was. Oh, tomorrow morning. So what we've tried to do now is in the morning times from 10 to 15, our staff listens to the uplift on uh, theuplift.com. Um, Christian and this other guy, uh, what's his name? Norman B., they are doing a little broadcast. Now, the reason I talk much about it is because, you know, I am always, my daughter's already supported me from a distance and a close in ministry. And she's, her whole life has been taken in this. And I'm so glad to see that uh, she was on the K104 trail for a while and something flipped. And my daughter decided, no, I'm going with my dad. I'm going with the Lord. I'm going to start doing something spiritual. It's amazing, and I thank God for it. And so I just want to say that out loud because you see me cracking a lot of jokes about it on a serious note. I prayed that she wouldn't be Beyonce. God didn't answer that prayer for a while. She'd be Beyonce in a minute, but that's okay. She, she's, she's making this turn toward trying to bless people in the Lord. And, and so what we do on the morning time, we get up and we listen. So every morning from 10 to 10, 15, now I'm on that station preaching for 15 minutes in a time when I was... I didn't want to go out anymore because I thought, God, I, I don't deserve to be done like this. But now since the fight, I'm out preaching. So every morning from, for 15 minutes, wherever you are, if you go on your phone on the Safari and push the uplift.com and you push it. Uplift Live. I'm sorry. Uplift Live because it's, it's internet radio. And it gets there and then it hits. And so next week, the reason I'm saying this is I'm just teaching regular word this week. But next week, I'm going to go personal into talking about how... The enemy is using teenagers, and I'm talking specifically about people with raising teenage boys and how Satan will use 
the lives of those teenage boys to kill adults that are their parents. In a time when the enemy is saying, they're doing this to kids. And then when God said, come out swinging. Come out fired up. Okay, if the enemy's got, if you got his attention, let them say what they want to say. You know it's a lie. But come out now and get into ministering to these parents about where these boys are. And we're going to go year by year by year. And you will see it's not you. They're just going to be who they are. We're going to be talking about that all next week, Monday through Friday, exclusively. I'm not putting it on our website. I'm not putting it on uh, my page. I'm not going Facebook Live. I'm going specifically through that Uplift broadcast. And I'm taking time to tell you that because y'all know friends who have teenage boys and kids. They are having a rough time with these teenagers. And God has anointed me to be able to speak to them about their kids. I don't think the kids will probably listen. I don't know that. But I want to talk to those adults and those parents. And we're just going to take that week to do that. And then we may pull off the station for a while. I don't know what's next. I'm just walking completely by faith. Thank you for being patient with me during all this long talking. Father, in Jesus' name tonight, those that have been listening online, help us, God, to get up in the morning. And those that are listening from 10 to 10, 15 for another word, just a quick. 13 minutes of a message that can make us smile, make us laugh, make us start our days off right, put our earplugs in and work at work or whatever we need to do. And, and for kids that are getting ready to go to school, God, and people in their cars driving, I don't know how people will listen, but I thank you for it tonight. I thank you for giving the inspiring body of Christ Church an opportunity to do a brand new thing. God, thank you for all the contracts that we have out there for what you're about to do with us next. Yes, Lord, I spoke it, I said it, and I thank you for it. And get us ready, God, to block bless our socks off of us god let us do a barefoot step on this carpet and scar up some toenail polish kind of praise and and in the back of the heel kind of praise and and lord just help us to be able to dance in here and thank you in advance in jesus name amen good night everybody we'll see you at church on sunday morning in person at 8 a.m or 10 a.m god bless you as the ushers are at the doors those of you that are leaving we're going to bless on our way outside thank you Thank you for taking the time to receive God's word with us. You know that Pastor Rush always says, we don't want something from you. We want something for you. And as we reset, we pray that something was said or something was done in this service that encouraged you and inspired you to get closer to God. Now, if you're ever in the Dallas area, there is nothing like being in a live iBox service. We encourage you to join us for one of our Sunday morning worship services. The first First service begins at 8 a.m. and our second service begins at 10 a.m. and we have a dream church service that begins at 6 p.m. So make plans to be at IBOC. And for those of you who want even more practical teaching from the Word of God, Monday School is a service that's all about being simple in the Word of God. It is a time where Pastor Rush breaks down the Word so that even a child can understand it. That's Monday School every Monday night at 7 p.m. Now, just in case you cannot make it to the church, you can view all of our services live on Facebook, YouTube, or our church website. You can log on and get your praise on at ibachchurch.org. Our Ibach Church website is the best source to get information and inspiration. You can find photos, videos, and lots of information about our church, our pastor, the University of Dreams, our world-famous aquariums, and so much more. We we also have another way that you can stay connected with IBOC. All you have to do is text the words Pastor Rush to the number 31996. You can find our social media pages, recent sermons, the Reset Podcast, and so much more. 
Finally, family, we want to thank you so much for supporting this ministry with your prayers and with your financial gifts. When you give to IBOC, know that you are giving to good ground and know that your return is coming. If you're not able to give in the church, online giving is so easy. Just go to our website and click the words give now and donate your best gift. Now, don't forget to name your seed and believe God for your harvest. All right, family, that's all that we have for today. On behalf of Pastor Ricky Rush and the Inspiring Body of Christ Church, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for learning with us. Thank you for growing with us. And remember, only what you do for Christ will last. So let God use you today to inspire someone else. Enjoy God's blessings, family, and all the glory goes to God. All right, once again, I want to thank you for tuning in to the Reset Podcast with Pastor Ricky Rush. If you would like to make a contribution or a donation to the Inspiring Body of Christ Church Ministry, do so by going to www.ibocchurch.org and give. Thank you so very much. Also, you can find IBOC on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and our website, ibocchurch.org well that's all we have for today tune in next time and experience the joy right here on reset with pastor ricky rush